What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here on the Thought Us Podcast Network. Big thanks to Fantasy Alarm for having us. And Adam, while you and I usually take our, uh, you know, we do our Wednesday night conversation, we kind of tilt it towards the playoffs, a little bit of a DFS lean, maybe some lean lines. Uh, no, not today. Today, well, I'll say how are you, but I know how you are because I asked you that earlier. Uh, NBA taking front and center here. Uh, first day of the NHL. I was super excited about that. And the NBA was like, uh, nah, brah. We need our headlines here. Huge trade in the NBA as James Harden lands uh, in Brooklyn with the Nets. Uh, why don't you give us the breakdown of the deal? And uh, let me ask you, man, do you like it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it all started last night when in the post game, James Harden made some comments that, you know, we knew pretty much that was going to be it for him, that he, there's no way he could stay with the Rockets after that. And this is going back to training camp. Harden hasn't been happy. He didn't want to be there. And he basically said the team's just not good enough. He's like, I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. I mean, this situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. So you hear comments like that. His teammates hear it. There's no way you can go on. And we know that a trade has been in the works. Uh, the problem is, obviously, there's not many teams that you can trade with that are going to be able to give up what you want, who are willing to acquire him. So it's a situation that we knew has been going on for a while. And then it had to be uh, accelerated after those comments. Even before this, they said Harden wasn't going to be back with the team. He wouldn't practice. And it put everything in motion. So uh, the Nets are getting James Harden. The Rockets are getting four first-round picks. Uh, Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and Rodionis Karuks. Uh, the Pacers are getting Karis LeVert in a second-round pick, and Cleveland is getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So I understand why the Nets did it. Uh, you have to go for it all, and we know superstar players win in the NBA. You can say, well, now they gave up a lot because Jared Allen was a big man who was playing very well. In fact, DeAndre Jordan started the season as center, and everyone's sitting there like, why? And they finally made the switch to Jared Allen. In fact, DeAndre Jordan didn't even play at all on Tuesday night, obviously Wednesday night with the team shorthanded. He is starting against the Knicks. Uh, but Jared Allen was a good young player, but it seemed like they weren't going to be able to sign him. Karis LeVert uh, had like a 30% usage rate, obviously playing great off the bench, sometimes in the starting lineup, especially with Kyrie Irving out. So they did give up quite a bit, uh, but you got three superstar players. This was also about appeasing Kevin Durant. I mean, because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Harden can all be unrestricted free agents after next season. So Durant, you want to try and keep. I mean, he's been phenomenal coming off this injury, playing on a back-to-back -back for the first time this year against the Knicks. Uh, he was going to anyway, and clearly after the trade, they needed him to. So this is a team that's, that's trying to win. I mean, they're going for it all. And we're either going to look back on this and say, oh, it was brilliant because they won a championship, or we're going to say, wow, they ruined the organization. They gave up all these draft picks. These guys left, and it was a disaster. So it's only going to be boom or bust. And sometimes you have to do that. We know teams that sit in the middle usually doesn't work. So I would have rather have them stay with what they have, but I completely understand why they did it. Um, now the question is, what's going on with Kyrie Irving? You know, he's been out now uh, due to personal issues. Uh, we saw him spotted on Monday at a party for his sister around a bunch of people, no masks on. The NBA is investigating that. Uh, he was in a conference call with uh, DA or something on Tuesday night while the Nets were playing. So 
we don't know what's going on with Kyrie. And does this lead you to believe the Nets know something we don't? Probably not, because again, they were in discussions in the preseason for this. So uh it's a it's a big trade and we'll see if it works out. Uh they clearly have to win a championship. If they don't win a championship, we're gonna look in this trade and say it was it was a waste. Is possibly, I mean, let's, you know, you, you know me, I love a good conspiracy theory um, with it. Is this, is this possibly Kyrie acting out because he doesn't want or didn't want Harden? I mean, they've been talking about it. They've been talking about it. They've been talking about it. You're talking about a guy who played with, uh, with LeBron James and couldn't get the hell out of there fast enough either. Like he just wanted nothing to do with, you know, sharing that spotlight really. Now, I mean, Grant, you know, him and Durant, you know, they're sharing the spotlight, but, you know, he's still getting all the attention. Now you bring Harden in there, and all of a sudden, I mean, it really just kind of changes the uh, the entire dynamic uh, of this team. And, you know, maybe maybe that's what, uh, what, what Kyrie's going off about. Or maybe Kyrie fell off the edge of the earth. I don't know. Which one? Well, I don't think it's the Harden thing, because if he would have sat out tonight, first game, I would have said, okay, there's some point. He's missed several games. This is... Uh, a uh, reportedly due to the whole Capitol Hill thing, and it happened right after that, um, and the whole social justice thing. But there's other reports, and again, I, I don't know what's true because you hear different sources. There's another report that came out today that said he's not happy that they didn't consult him on Steve Nash as the coach to hire, and apparently he's not talking to Kevin Durant right now. And they don't have a great relationship. So I don't know. Kyrie is definitely <laughs> a strange guy. And that's where people are going to rip this trade. Because they're going to say, well, how is this going to work? Uh, there's one ball. There's three guys. And that is a challenge. They're going to have to figure out how it can work. I think for fantasy, they're all going to be good. They're all going to be top 15. But they're all going to take a hit and assist. I mean, you can't have three guys average eight assists. Even though the Nets do play at a fast pace. Uh, so... They'll all take a slight hit, but they're all still going to be great for fantasy because uh, th this team's going to put up a lot of offense. But the question is, when does Kyrie Irving back, come back and what is going on with him? So, And I know there was a report on Tuesday night that the Nets were, were starting to get upset with him and they let it be known. Uh, so it's a weird situation with Kyrie Irving, uh, for sure. Uh, but does this make him go, all right, I'm coming back, man. This is going to be fun. Uh, you know, we got... I mean, these are three top 10, top 15 NBA players, man. I mean, Durant is all the way back from this Achilles injury. He looks phenomenal. He's been great. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you can criticize him all you want for his beliefs or what he does. When he's on the court, he's still one of the top players in the NBA. And so is James Harden. Uh, James Harden over the last five games has not been good. And I clearly think it's because he's checked out. And it's any situation where we've all been there. If you're at a workplace and you don't want to be there, it affects your work. I don't care who you are. Um, it's happened to me in the past where I knew I wasn't going to be there longer. And, you know, it was just like, all right, I'm moving on to the next stage and I just need to get out. And I still, it was not in fantasy. It was when I was working at the newspaper. Like I knew fantasy was my next step. And it was just like, all right, when is it going to happen? And I still did great work because my name was on it. I had a byline. But when I had downtime at work, I was doing research for fantasy and writing fantasy stuff. So it was because I didn't want to do that anymore. So we can people are going to sit there and criticize Harden. But the guy 
throughout his entire career, always comes to play, never takes off, never sits like a lot of the other superstars. But it was clear, and he made it known in training camp. The Rockets knew this. The Rockets knew they were going to have to make a move. But at the same time, you don't want to trade a player and not get anything back. But their hands were forced. And apparently it was the Nets and the Sixers. And the Sixers, they asked a lot for him, including Ben Simmons. They didn't want to do it. So I guess they just settled for the Nets package. But James Harden, in fact, when I was doing my uh, Wager Alarm prop bet article on Tuesday, I'm like, damn, James Harden, 30 and a half points. I'm like, this dude, the la- going into yesterday, his last four games were 21, 15, 15, 20. He had 20 against the Lakers in 38 minutes on Sunday, and the Lakers were a top defensive team. And I was like, man, I want to play this under. And I was about to write it up. The only reason why I didn't was because Eric Gordon and John Wall were kind of questionable. And I'm like, if those guys are out, Harden's got to see a huge usage rate. So I don't want to. And, and it's James Harden. That guy can blow up at any point. Like, how many times are you going to hold him down? So I didn't do it. Of course, he did go on. They're 16 points, shot 31.3% from the field. But I tweeted out late last night. I'm like, this, there's something wrong. 17.4 points over the last five games. We've never seen that from Harden. And the first three games this year that he played, he averaged 37 points. So it was clear that's it. He's checked out. He's done. And the Rockets had to do something. There was no way they can let him into the building and practice because all his teammates were pissed off. Yeah, well, I mean, if I were his teammates, I'd be pissed off too. I mean, it's a, it's a prima donna move. It's a bullshit move. I mean, I listen. I I, I think it's it's garbage when when a player is sitting there dictating where he's going to go uh, when he's making it that difficult for his team uh, to do. Listen, I know but you're. This is, James- this is on the Rockets. There was a story that came out uh, a month or two ago, and it basically laid everything out that the Rockets enabled this. They were letting him do whatever he wants. In fact, last year, when Russell Westbrook was there, they, well, was it this year? It might have, maybe it was this year or last year. They were doing a film session and James Harden wasn't there yet. And Russell Westbrook's like, come on, man, he's not here. Let's go, let's move on. And they were like, no, we can't because we're gonna have to start it over when he comes. So the Rockets enabled this. They did everything they can. They traded for Chris Paul, that didn't work out. Uh, so the Rockets enabled this. It's like any it's like I, and I've worked in a situation before where they let someone do what he wants. He got away with stuff like he told, no, I'm not doing this. And they were OK with it. They never fired him. So, of course, that guy is going to keep doing it. Right. He sees he gets away with it. So, well, I mean, to that's, me, that's the that's the thing. That's like that's like somebody, a, a parent who doesn't you know raise their child properly. Right. Gives it gives their kid every single thing. So the kid's going to continuously do that. Um, I could still listen. You know what? I I can say that the Rockets made a huge mistake enabling this behavior, but for the same token, also, what kind of a dick is Harden that he's gotta that he's gotta act like this? That he's gotta you know be like that? I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, just having that that ego that that just you know the the my shit doesn't stink and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, the team's letting him do it, which sucks. But I'll tell you, man, if there's an ill-mannered child like running around a restaurant and, you know, you can hate the fucking parents all you want. I still hate the fucking kid, too. And that's like and that that to me. And and we've seen this a lot with 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 the NBA lately. I mean, we've seen it a lot in in sports in general. Um, It's really come to, to light here in the NBA where these guys are just they're dictating where they want to go. 
because that's you know this is that's just it. LeBron, he had to be in L.A. Right? First he had to be in Miami. Now he had to be in L.A. But he was a so, free agent. He's allowed to do that. Um. Uh, yeah. No. 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 I mean, I'm not. What I'm what I'm talking about is that, that we have had situations here where guys have forced their way into trades like this, right? Yeah, and I think it does happen in other sports too. It's probably more in the NBA because individual players mean a lot more. You know, you can't, one football player is not going to win a championship. You need a collective team effort. Same in hockey and same in baseball. In basketball, stars wins. So you put two to three stars together, you can win. We saw it when Durant went to Golden State. We saw when LeBron, Bosch, and Wade came together. You can do that. It, it's, you can't do it as easily in other sports. So are the Brooklyn Nets the, uh, I mean, I know the, the, the money line moved on them, but in your opinion, are the Brooklyn Nets winning the, uh, the Eastern Conference and are they winning a championship? Uh, I think they have a shot. I'd probably say no. A lot's going to come down to what's going on with Kyrie Irving. And I just don't know what's going on. Uh, so this whole... Even if Kyrie comes back, they still don't play any defense. Yeah, but they might make some additions. I think they could make some more deals down the road. And whether they're just going to bring in two uh, two chuckleheads who do nothing but play defense, and that's it to hang back while uh, I mean that's all that's all that's all you really need. Around. I mean, I don't I don't think the Lakers had a great team last year. It was Davis and LeBron, and everyone kind of knew their role. Now they did play great defense as a team, um, and the Nets' defense hasn't been awful this year by the defensive efficiencies, but they haven't really had their their whole team. I think uh, they, where they're going to be hurt is probably rim protection inside. Because uh, DeAndre Jordan is not a guy that you want to start. He's older and can't move as much. I mean, Durant's going to get his blocks, but that's something that's going to be a problem for them. Um, so I probably wouldn't pick them to win. Uh, I saw FanDuel Sportsbook had them at plus 270. So with the NBA title, the Lakers were plus 260. So because they know people are going to flock to bet on the Nets now because of the three superstars. Yeah. They definitely are. All right. If you were uh, if if you were running the Nets, what were the what are, what are the moves that you would make? to solidify this team to get them to the championship? Uh, I mean, I don't know what their salary cap situation is, but you would want to get some defensive uh, players, like glue guys, you know, the gritty guys. Uh, they do have Br uh, Bruce Brown, who does that uh, as a guard, but someone in the interior. And they don't have anybody like that right now? Nah, they're good, because they're going to play small at times. There's going to be times that they play Durant at center, Jeff Green at center, um, they're probably it's going to kind of resemble a little bit with what Houston Rockets did under D'Antoni. And we know they never won a championship, although they were close. They should have beaten Golden State. Um, and then Chris Paul got hurt. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about this one here. I just don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. You know what I mean? I guess it's just it's sports in general. It's that whole, you know. Got to force my way, you know, got to force a trade to happen. Um, and, and you know, yeah, listen, obviously, you know, Houston had to do it. It wasn't just the comments, but, I mean, it's been stuff going on for a, for a long time. And it just, uh, it, it sucks, dude. It really sucks. And and I'll tell you what, I mean, now that you've got, all right, so you've got a super team now in, in, in Brooklyn and you've got the Lakers, right? Um do we look at what, like the Bucks still as as a possibility, the Celtics still as a possibility? Um, how many teams actually have a legit shot to win? 
I think there's a few. I think the Sixers do. Uh, I like the moves they made in the offseason. They're a good defense, and adding Seth Curry and Danny Green to spread the floor, they needed shooters to space things out. So, And they're off to a good start. Obviously, they've been hit with COVID-19 protocols uh, because they started 7-1. They're now 8-4. They needed overtime to beat a shorthanded Miami team. So that's kind of the wild card here now. We've already had more cancellations for Friday's games. Uh, The Celtics have been affected by COVID. I think they have a shot. I think they need some more depth. Um, They need Kemba Walker back, and it looks like he might start practicing soon. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are a a great tandem. So they might need a little bit more depth, but they're still very good. Sixers are good. Bucks, I mean, Bucks are good, but they've got to prove it to me in the playoffs, man, Uh, because they dominate the regular season, and then they just don't, do enough in the playoffs and defensively they haven't been as good this year although I did see they're moving up in defensive efficiency recently but part of that could be who they're playing I mean they're playing the Pistons for the third time tonight the Pistons are pathetic they're two and eight and they're terrible so um, they can't score so that's gonna affect their numbers Um, so I think you have probably four teams in the east I do like the Pacers um, but I I think they're on the outside and then in the west I think it's the Lakers the Clippers, although I've been disappointed with them, uh, but they do have two superstar players. And and I guess, I don't know, can I put the Suns there yet? I don't know. Um, they've been good so far, but they're probably still behind. I mean, the Lakers are, are, are clearly the best team in the West. Uh, I don't know if someone's close to them. I want to say Portland, but they never play defense. Um, Dallas could be interesting. Porzingis comes back tonight. He's starting. Um, and you got Luca. So, but yeah, the West is just not as it's top. It's just the Lakers. And I think there's a drop off and I think there's four teams in the East. Okay. So five, maybe six teams. Yeah. Legit, I guess you could put the legitimate shot. I mean, the Clippers, you know, they had a three, one lead against Denver. I guess, I mean, Denver's struggling. They're five and six. Um, I don't know if that's the long season, but they're not bad either. Um, and they made a deep run last year. Um, so, yeah, I'd say five to six teams. Okay. All right. Just curious there. All right. I got one more question for Adam for discussion here. Before we do that, I want to jump into uh, giving a shout-out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site. You guys need to be playing on, especially if you like those prop pick games. So here's why. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball basketball hockey golf ufc nascar wnba and esports too monkey knife fight has it all you know what else monkeyknifefight.com has how about a free five dollar game for you for just for signing up and if you use the promo code anti-up one word a-n-t-e-u-p you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks with a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play 
Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So, Adam, how, we, we've been doing this podcast now for, for quite some time. We're well over 100 episodes. Um, this is actually this is kind of the most talk that, you know, we've been able to really have, you know, throughout our careers. Um, this being the first time that we've, you know, kind of worked together. Um, you don't care about all the philosophical shit that goes on, the nonsense behind the scenes, this and that. As long as you're getting, like, a good game to watch, I think, I, I don't know, am I wrong? Because it's kind of funny, you know, we talk about stuff like, you know, players dictating where they go or whatever like that. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to mess around with that shit. You don't even want to talk about it. Like, do you, do you just genuinely not care about that stuff? I mean, it sucks, but like, what are you going to do? It's going to continue to happen. So, you know, there, there's nothing you can do. Uh, well, I mean, it continues to happen as long as people's behavior accepts it. Well, right? who, who's, who's you, accepting it? The fans. Well, again, fans are, they're never going to go away. They just don't. We've seen numerous things happen. They don't go away. Right. Right. Well, I mean, right now for basketball, no, they don't go away. Um, you know, we've seen baseball lose people. Um, you know, well, okay, they've lost people, but they're still generating revenue, right? These these owners have money. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, I I get that. So, you know, like for me, it's like, do you give a crap that that there are only like five teams, maybe six, who who can have the championship? Because players are basically just they're tell they're they're dictating exactly where they want to go. If they're in a situation they're unhappy with, they can act like a petulant child, be a little douchebag, uh, and and then get traded to where they want to go. Right? Like, I mean, that's that's kind of the the, the path that that athletes in general um, have taken. And I'm just kind of curious as to your feeling about that. But I kind of get more of the fact that. You're like, it's going to happen anyway. What do I care? Why am I? It, it doesn't matter, right? Like your opinion, it's like like your opinion of for or against, it doesn't really matter. So why give it? Yeah, essentially. And I mean, I think it's the same in every sport. It, it comes down to there's a handful of teams that can win in every sport. I mean, these other sports want to act, oh, there's competitive balance. But realistically, how many teams can win the Super Bowl this year? Not many. I mean, the NFL, like, oh, I mean, yeah, do we see teams turn it around more often? Sure. But, yeah. I mean, it's only a handful of teams that can win, right? We went into this year knowing a bunch of teams had no shot. It's the same thing. I mean, baseball is becoming worse uh, because it's more top-heavy now. Um, mm -hmm. And more, I mean, what the Indians did was disgraceful, what they've done. Um, I mean, basketball's always been, because, again, you only got, you got five players on the court for a team. It's a superstar league. I mean, uh, LeBron James has been in the finals almost every year over the last 10, 11 years because he's one of the best players in the sport. So um, and then Golden State had that run. Uh, it's kind of always been that way in basketball because it's a superstar driven sport. You rarely see a team with like solid players outside of that Pistons team. There's been a couple, but usually see it's the superstars that win championships. Um, but in the other sports, it's, you know, a handful of teams that we expect to do well. Um, you know, Tampa Bay Rays have obviously done a great job with a limited payroll, but even what they're doing now, really, you get to the World Series and they're trading guys away. I mean, 
because they're staying within a, a, a certain payroll. So, um, you know, it sucks. Uh, I mean, as a Mets fan, I'm happy now that I got an owner that's going to spend a ton of money. It feels sure, good for sure, once. Sure, sure, um, But yeah, but, you know what? But I told but, you, I said well, it at the me, time. Let me ask you that. Let I me ask you that. For, for I feel years, bad for the Indians fans. <clears throat> for, for years, right, the Mets have always been like the, the redheaded stepchild of New York and the Yankees and the payroll, payroll, payroll. And even today, like, you know, you still hear – Mets fans say that, you know, talk all that shit about Yankees payroll and buying championships and stuff like that. You now have an owner who does that. Um, did you did it bother you back in the day? And now now it's like it's totally cool because now you've got money. You're on the other side of it. Like, did you speak out against, you know, teams buying, you know, trying to buy championships? I mean, we saw Dan Snyder try that in the NFL. Failed miserably. Well, it doesn't always work. That's why. Even the Yankees. I mean, let's right. be realistic. How many titles have the Yankees won over the last 10, 15 years? Right? Yeah, one. Yeah. And, I mean, they did bring in big hitters to get that one. But, I mean, it's part of the game. I mean, look. The Mets are in New York. They should have been fucking doing this for years. But the Wilpons right. were stupid. And, you know, making it... The thing that's worst about the Wilpons is they try to camouflage it by making all these moves, like acting like they were doing something when we all could see through it and it didn't make sense. So, you know, the Mets are in New York. It's a big market team. And, you know, I forgot who asked me. Someone asked me about like Steve Cohen. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me if I had all that money. Like he's not worried about generating revenue from the Mets. He's just he wants to win. He's a fan. Like it would be like me if I hit. Uh, the Mega Millions, which is pretty big on Friday, so I'm going to play. Hopefully, maybe I'll buy the team <laughs> from him. Um, but it would be the same thing. Like, I'd be ecstatic. I'd be over social media. I'd be into it. I'd have my other business. That's where I'm getting my money. But I want to win, and I'm going to do whatever I can um, to win. And that's – you will always want to see your team do that. But it is pretty bad in baseball right now where it's only going to be a handful of teams spending and all these other teams are just dumping. So in baseball, it's it's as bad as ever right now, I think. It is as bad as ever. I mean, listen, we've, you know, I mean, if there's anything that we saw last year uh, with the owners, you know, the nickel diming that they were doing as far as their lost revenue versus players' salaries and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, it definitely sours people on that. It definitely soured me on, you know, on, on you know, dealing with, with ownership and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I mean, like, as a fan, I guess, you know, some of that shit just kind of, it bothers me a little bit more. I, you know, again, I, I hate the fact like I'm not saying let's go back to the days of when Comiskey was running the White Sox and, you know, and he was, you know, treating players like they're just property. I'm not talking about going back to those times there. But I mean, you know, for the same token to sit here and and let these athletes get away with whatever they want, doing whatever they want. You know, and I think that, you know, the the problem with that is that it's always going to be that way because, yeah, because there are, like you said, fans are always going to be there and you're always going to, if they're winning, that they, they're side by side with their team. Oh, okay. Well, that dude shot somebody. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? People get shot all the time in society now, you know? Oh, oh, did he, did he rape that girl? Oh, well, you know, I mean, listen, he probably, probably, probably didn't mean it. Let's talk to his agent. You know I mean? It's like, we were dealing with you know we're, we're we're we've created this this society of athletes who but just it's, it's not just everything sports. is just it's, beyond reproach it's not sports it's the way of the world it's you've got 
money, power, it's politicians, it's actors, it's everything. If you have that, if you, for sports, it's supply and demand. You, you can't just replace a James Harden. There's very few people that can do what he does. So he's in a position of power. It sucks. It shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. And it's the way in real life too. You know this. I mean, if you're in a certain position, you get away with stuff because you got power. It happens. It's not just sports. Um, we see it more in sports because I guess we follow it so religiously and it's visible, but it happens in all walks of life. It's not how it should be, but we all know power, money, and status play a big role in what you get away with. So if I win Powerball, I can turn into an asshole. I mean, more of an asshole than I already am. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what are you? What are they going to do? Fire you? And then you'll be like, all right, I'm good. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, can I just be, you know, that kind of a that kind of a dick? You if know? you win Powerball, I, I, just... I don't I don't see you staying in this position. Well, you don't see me do it working the uh, the radio or recording podcast. If I uh, if I, I don't see you Powerball. doing it as much, you might say, you know what, I I'm just going to do the radio show. Or I might just do this, but there's no way you're going to keep the same. You're telling me if you win the Powerball of like 700 million, you're going to do the exact same routine that you're doing now every day. No, I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be real here. Don't lie to me. No, man. no, I mean, you know, listen, no, 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 but there's a difference though. There's a difference between, you know, me turning around. I win 700 million in Powerball. Um, I also now serve as an angel investor in Fantasy Alarm. And, you know, go ahead, guys, do do whatever you want. You know, here's here's you know here's a hundred million dollars. Thank you uh, for you know whatever. Do the radio show stuff like that. But I mean, what else am I going to do with my time? I don't golf. Um, I don't want to work out. Um, I like sitting here talking sports with you. I like you know watching games and shit. So I mean, how much of my life is really going to change except for the fact that maybe I can take like a regular vacation? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like, like personality shift, like just be like, you know what? I've got money. You don't go fuck yourself. I'm better than you. Like that's like, that's, that's the whole thing. And that's, I guess that's our, our biggest problem that we let that shit go. Well, I mean, we have no control over it. No, we don't have any control over it. Oh, I mean, you know, we can just keep tolerating that behavior. It's been going on for years, though. It's not like this is new, you know? I mean, we could all sit here and say, well, just stop watching. Well, again, I know the NBA is getting better now, but, like, the NFL is a joke, too, bro. All these guys who get in trouble and certain guys, all right, yeah, you're not coming back, and other guys get away with it because why? They have a skill set and teams tolerate it? I mean, the NFL, too, the PD suspensions, all four games, it's a little blurb. Baseball, it's like a, a whole big story. So it's just... It's just the way it is, man. It sucks. I mean, but I don't see it changing. Um, I mean, listen, I don't see it changing either because, you know, we just we, we accept we've accepted it for so long right now. Like, you know, yeah, I think that it basically it comes down to um, <laughs> um, it's going to it's going to come down to uh, like something in, in Fight Club where. Everything gets, you know, we just hit, hit the reset button, right, at the end, and all debt is wiped out and all money and whatever, and we're all, like, right there, you know, and, and, and you know, not in that situation anymore. Then I think, uh, you know, then, then I think you can have the behavior shift. Un unfortunately, though, it's... So how do you... 
So how do you deal with when it's a player on your team? Do you not root for him? Do you root for him to to fail, or do you just deal with it? Um, I don't support him. Um, I will heavily criticize that kind of an attitude. Listen, dude, you're talking to the kid who at seven years old fucking hated Reggie Jackson, right? I hated Reggie Jackson. I did love the Reggie bar. I'm not going to lie. But I hated Reggie Jackson because he came to the Yankees with that stupid attitude and that pompous bullshit and, you know, I'm the straw that stirs the drink, blah, blah, blah. I never, you know what? I, I had no problem trading my Reggie cards. I never had a Reggie shirt. I never had a Reggie jersey. Uh, the number 44 I, it will always be Hank Aaron's number to me. It won't be Reggie Jackson's. I don't support those players. I don't do it. Um, you know, did he help the Yankees win the World Series? Yes. Obviously, that is that that that's what happened. That's that, but that's his job. That's what he's paid to do. But I won't support him as like a, as a person. You know, everybody was like, oh, the, look at Reggie Jackson in the Naked Gun movies, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, right? I fucking hate Reggie Jackson. He's ruining the Naked Gun movies for me. Like, to me, it's just, I, I can't stand players like that. Um, I really don't. And, you know, listen, if I'm giving advice to somebody for a fantasy league, you gotta, you know, you can't play with your heart. You gotta play with your head, right? But as a, as as somebody who, like, speaks about stuff, talks sports, whether it's on the radio or these podcasts or I write articles, um, I, you know, I feel like I should be saying what I want to say and giving my opinion. If people don't want my like my opinion. Okay, fine. So be it. But I'm not going to sit there and like, you know, be nice to people who, you know, dismiss crap behavior and, and just, you know, and, and, and leave it at that. Like, uh, to me, that's just, it's not being a good, that's not being a good person. It's not being a good human, right? I mean, to me, that's like, you know, supporting that kind of behavior, uh, you know, I mean, you could say it's, oh, it's my competitive nature and I always want my team to win. Yeah, I always want my team to win too, but not at all costs like that. That, that you know, rubs me the wrong way. Okay, well... I know we went in a lot of different directions, but it's not like James Harden did anything illegal. No, I'm not saying that James Harden. Did I know, I know, illegal. I know that. We, I'm just I saying said that we, he... I said we went in a different direction, and it wasn't Harden. Right. But like our oldest Chapman, how do you feel about him? He's on your team, and we we've seen him get in trouble. Yeah, I I do not like our oldest Chapman. I do not. I do not approve of his. You so know, you were, of, so you were a little actions. happy then when he gave up that game-winning hit in the playoffs? Was I happy? Yeah. No, I wasn't happy. I was bummed because it affected my team in a negative manner. But was I like, oh, man, poor Araldis Chapman. I hope he rebounds from that. No. But you were rooting for him to get the outs, though. I was rooting for my team to get the out. Yes. Which, in uh, essence, means you were rooting for him. He was on the mound with the game on the line. I mean, we could sit here and play around with the semantics all we want. I'm rooting for my team. You know, if I don't like a player, you know who I hated? I'll tell you exactly why. You know who I thought it was a fucking dick and I couldn't stand him and I hated him and I never liked him? Jim Layritz. Right? Okay. And everybody wants to talk about how Jim Layritz saved the Yankees with that big home run, blah, blah, blah. When Jim Layritz would come to the plate, Adam, did you ever like see him like spin the bat like in between every single pitch? Yeah. It was like the move that he well, then, learned when he was in like junior high, right on his, you know, 
right on the on the on the cusp of him turning into that dick that everybody just hates in high school and you know whatever and he's just you know he's like the he's the bully he's the tough guy uh he's the guy who you know he's great athlete and you know and, and so he's got this like spin move with the bat that he learned how to do and he thinks he's fucking cool because of it like when Jim Lairitz hit that home run I was happy for my team to win I was not happy that it was Jim Lairitz who did it okay I got principles, dude. I got principles. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, though, when they're on your team. Of course it's tough. It, of course it is. Like, I mean, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. Like, you know, like listen, when when Strawberry and Gooden were getting all in trouble because, you know, a little bit of the uh, the booger sugar there, um, you know, was I like, you know, I, as, as somebody who, you know, appreciates the game, I'm like, man, that's a shame. They're really throwing their their careers down the toilet here but i was like <laughs> fuck the mets like you know yeah well see um in dwight gooden's case i felt bad for him i read the book and uh, i don't know if you remember how he got hooked on drugs but it was an unfortunate situation and then once you go down that line um it's tough and you know how did how did how did dwight gooden get hooked on drugs well, it started, he was going to visit his uncle. He was smoking weed at the time, right? I don't think weed is a bad thing, right? I don't, right? No, and I don't believe that it's a gateway drug at all. Right. No, but what happened, so he was going to visit his uncle in Florida to get some marijuana, and his uncle's like, all right, um, I got to go get it. I'll be back. Just hang out with these girls. And there were two girls in the bed, naked and stuff, doing coke. And they're like, oh, come on, join us. He's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. They're like, no, no, come on. He's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. And eventually he did it. And that's when he got hooked in. Uh, he was addicted after that. And we've seen it over the years how he just can't can't get over it. So I, you know, I, yeah, see, there you go. That's not a sob story to me. That's not like I was play. born a crack baby and I was born addicted to drugs and stuff like that. That was, I'm going to buy weed from my uncle and, oh, he's got these two naked chicks sitting in the bed and they're all doing blow. And I could say, no, 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 all I want. But you know what? Oh, maybe I do want to join, right? That's not a sob story. That's did I say shame. it was a sob story, bro? Well, you when said did it was I say a shame that? how he got started. I said I felt bad for the way it happened. How do you feel bad about that? Two chicks at the same time doing blow. Because he didn't want to do it, he decided to do it. You could, you want to criticize him for doing it? Fine. That he didn't have the willpower? Fine. But I see, I don't know about drug addiction, but I've heard the stories. And sometimes once you take it, that's it. You're hooked and you can't get away from it. So I'm not, and I'm talking to someone who doesn't know. And I'm someone who said no my fucking whole life. Right. So I could have that attitude. But reading that, I felt, I mean, the guy threw away his career. He threw away his career. He wasn't at the 86 parade. I felt bad for him. If you want to have the other side and say, fuck him, he made the decision, you're right to that. I feel differently. I felt bad. Well, I hear you. I hear you. But you know what, man? Listen, I did a ton of blow in the uh, in the mid to late 90s. I didn't get addicted to it. Well, everyone's different, bro. Everyone has an addicted, a different personality and affects everyone different. I'm sure you know people who have drug issues that have had a hard time getting past it um, Absolutely. And, clearly, and it's Absolutely. clearly been a, a big problem for good. And I met him in person. I got to interview him for his book and seeing him and you could see all the destruction that it seeing him in person, seeing his body. And I felt bad. Others want to say, you know what? Fuck him. He had money. He had fame and he threw it away. You're entitled to that. I feel bad for him. 
I just felt like he just, he went down a bad path and, you know, it's easy to sit on the other side and say, cause people do this all the time. Oh, these guys have money. How could they do this? It's easy to say that when you're not in their shoes. And this is again, coming from someone who has not done drugs, who is not an alcoholic, doesn't do any of that stuff. So I could easily be on the high horse and say, well, I've done it my whole life. How come they, we don't know you're not in their shoes. And it's easy to say all these athletes, they're making all this money. How can they do that? They're still human beings, man. And you don't know. We've, I've read stories of NBA players, 18, 19 years old, that look back later and say, you know what? I wasn't ready for this. I was just thrown into the mix. You All of a sudden, you have everything you want, money, women, and you don't know how to handle it. That's part of the reason why I think, I don't know, well, it's NBA, that they went to the not accepting players at the high school. But I was reading Darius Miles' story, and it's fucked up. Remember, yeah. a lot of these guys come from nothing. They have no idea how to manage money. They've never had money. They've grown up broke. They have nothing. And then all of a sudden, their basketball talents takes them to another level. AAU coaches kissing their ass, fans. And now all of a sudden, you go from high school and that. Now you're a millionaire in the NBA, traveling on the road, women throwing themselves at you. And yes, we'd all love to be in that situation. But it's easy for each and every one of us making a regular job, busting our ass to earn every cent. To sit there and go, I would handle it differently. Because I, I say I would, but that's my, my mentality now. But we don't know until you're in this situation. Maybe what we need to do, Adam, is we need to pool our collective efforts for Powerball this weekend. Uh, and then we will uh, we'll buy our own podcast and podcast network and Sirius XM channel. And uh, then we'll get like a huge mountain of blow. We get a ton of chicks. I will... Uh, <laughs> I will. I'll be with the chicks. I won't deal with the blow. I'll just deal with the chicks. Right, right, right. Well, because I'm married, I can't get with the chicks. So you can get that aspect of it. I'll do all the drugs, and then we'll see if like the two of us can come out on top from this, or if we, uh, if if we collapse. I think this is probably uh, one of the best experiments that we could see in the modern era. Right. Yeah. Look, if honestly, if I had a lot of money, I I'd, I'd be helping people out. I mean, I'd open businesses. I'd travel a lot, but. You know, I kind of wish there were more of these athletes to help some of these. I mean, maybe it's different in the 80s, too, you know, and being in New York. Remember, Gooden was, what, 1920 when he came up, man? He was 19. So, yeah. yeah, man, it's crazy. Could you imagine, though, at 19 years old, being, like, hailed as a hero? I mean, in New York, I mean, they were selling out. People adored him and loved him. I mean, because they said he was – everyone says he was a nice guy. He wasn't – you know what I mean? Um, and it's amazing because Strawberry, it seems, has recovered quicker than him. I mean, Gooden still still keeps uh, getting in trouble with the law. And, you know, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the guy because the guy had immense talent and just threw it all away, man. It's just that I think it's tragic what happened to him. If people want to sit there and say it's his fault, he shouldn't have made that decision. That's their opinion. You're entitled to it. I look at it and I look at it. I think it's tragic what happened to him. He just threw a, a, a Hall of Fame career down the drain. Indeed, indeed. All right. Well, see, good talk there. I wanted to, I wanted to like find out. See, I, I'm learning more stuff about you. You got that soft spot for Gooden. I get that. I'm sure that that soft spot exists for other athletes. If you feel bad for them or in their situation, I mean, I don't know if you know. We heard Dwight Gooden's story, uh, and he was pitching for the Kansas City Royals. I don't necessarily. No, nah, I would know. still, I would still feel bad, man. I mean, look, there's some athletes that do it to themselves and get. Uh, you know, a reprieve and they just keep fucking up over and over. I mean, here, uh, 
How about Darius Geis, man? They were quick. You know, that's one case that they just said, you know what, we're done. Yeah. Right. And no one has picked him up. So, I mean, if he, he's a talented back that dealt with injuries, but is there maybe a change on the horizon? We'll find out. We'll see. If we see a real elite player, some, something happen like him with the domestic violence, do they get a second chance? Because it doesn't look like Geis is going to get a shot. Yeah, see, it's kind of weird. You know, like, to me, I, I find that very interesting. Why is it different for Geis than it was for Joe Mixon, right? Because um, with Mixon, I guess— Mixon was on camera. I know. the girl in the with, face. Do you think because it—all right, so it occurred in college. Do you think if that happened today, it would be different with the way we are now? Oh, so he has to be a professional. He can't be— I, look, a, I'm, Dude, I'm not excusing it, bro. I'm just telling you why. Because well, it's not only Mixon. That's what, that's what I don't understand. Now, listen, I will give credit where credit is due. And Joe Mixon has towed the straight and narrow ever since. I haven't heard a lick of right. trouble from him. So, you know, I will, I will, you know, give that credit to the second chance. But, like, the, the problem for me, the hang-up for me was that, you know, we had this video. Uh, and then every GM was like, well, I don't want him running against me a couple of times a season. So, yeah, I'm going to draft him. Like there was, there was no hesitation. Ray Rice blackballed because of the video in the uh, in the well, elevator. Let's right? be honest. If Ray Rice was towards the end of his career, he was twenty seven years old. Yeah, he was also. Been, yes, he was. Do you think it would have been if he was twenty three? Would that have been the case? He would have gotten a second chance. I think. Yeah, I think he would have also. Right. So you know, but but now we're we're sitting here and we're we're accepting it in other ways, but Darius guys were not. Well. I'm not saying, well, I mean, maybe he does get a second chance. Maybe we were wrong, but we haven't heard anything. And the guy's Enough. 23, but Enough. at the same time, he's, he's, he's had several injuries in his career. So maybe people go, you know what? It's not worth it running back. I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens going forward. You know, yeah. is there a change? Probably not. Right. <laughs> well, no, listen, I can't say that. I can't say it. Cause you know what? I came down on, on Joe Mixon as well. And I said that GMs were a bunch of sons of bitches for saying that. And, and it's it's garbage. And it's that type of, you know, enabling that teams do where these guys never learn. Right. I mean, it was just, you know, it was, it was like the case, you know, San Francisco with the 49ers out here uh, a while ago. I mean, it, it legit looked like something out of like a football movie, you know, where it's like the 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 gangs at the parties and you know the one dude just you know holding the chick's head underwater in the in the hot tub. You know, like I mean it's just like that was what the 49ers were doing out here for a while. And it was just like it was crazy. It was crazy how it was being in the, the it was just it was being enabled and it was being accepted. And and I guess that's the point I'm gonna wrap up today's show with and just say that people who, you know, are so tolerant about that kind of behavior, why are you so tolerant for that kind of behavior? Is it because it's a sports thing? Like, I mean, is that is that an excuse? Is that a reason to allow it? Um, because these guys play a game for millions of dollars? I mean, that, so, ah, that, I guess that, that's where I'm at with it, Adam. And, you know, and I know that we, we've taken this, into a whole different sort of a, of a, of a turn, but I guess, you know, we can bring it back to James Harden. He wasn't doing anything illegal, but he crapped out on his team. He was forced to, he forced to trade out of there. 
Um, he was vocal in the media about it to help expedite it. Uh, and and, the, and the, instead of the team saying, you know what, fuck you, go home, right, and just making him sit and, and not letting him, you know, play or do whatever. I mean, I'm sure he'd be fine with that. But instead of that, they were like, okay, we'll just send you to here to Brooklyn. You can go play with your friends and go off and win a championship at our expense. We well, they, they might not. I mean, maybe they look smart in the end. He doesn't win a championship. It doesn't work out. And, I mean, look, the, the, the Rockets were in a no-win situation. They, yeah. they, they weren't going to get back what they should for one of the best players in the NBA. Um, so they were in a tough spot. But, again, if you uh, for those listening, you can read that story. It sounds like the Rockets enabled this, and they just uh, let him be a powerful guy in the organization. And we all know how that works out, right? You know, you let someone do whatever they want. Eventually, it's going to backfire for you. And that uh, sounds like what happened with the Rockets and Harden. Is that what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and the Texans? Uh, I might. <laughs> I right. mean, but I mean, that sounds like there's truth to it, though. Andre Johnson's tweeting about it. So uh, we all know. Yeah, that's nuts, right? Listening right. to everybody talking about Easterby. Yeah, so it definitely oh, sounds shit. like there's there's a major problem. And we knew it. I mean, they gave uh, O'Brien all that control, and we saw the dumb moves they made. Hopkins couldn't wait to get out of there. Again, that's why a lot of the it, culture is so important on a lot of these teams and organizations. And uh, we all see the, the teams that have that bad culture that continuously lose. So um, the Texans have it right now. The Texans have it, and they got it bad, and it is no good. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Big thank you to everybody for, for staying tuned in and listening. Great, great conversation, uh, as always. Um, I'll just say this right now. It's, today's Wednesday that you, Adam and I are recording. So Thursday night, Adam and I will record with our picks uh, for, for this weekend. And I'll just say this. If on Monday you hear John and Pemba and Justin Fensterman on this show, well, then you know that Adam and I split $700 million in Powerball, and uh, and the two of us are on a yacht somewhere. He is buried in Naked Ladies, and I'm swimming through mountains of cocaine like I'm Pablo Escobar imitating Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I'll sign up for that right now. I will, too. I will, too. The SS Ronus Bonus will be the name of his ship, and uh, and yeah. Yeah, come find us somewhere in the Mediterranean. Somewhere. I'll be in Africa. There, you, of course, Adam. Yes, we got. I got you. Don't, don't you worry. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Big thank you again to everybody for Adam Ronas. I'm Howard Bender. Wish us luck for Powerball. We'll catch you next time, or not? Maybe depends. If we win, we'll see. Bye bye.